Welcome to Earful of Dirt, bringing you the latest Major League Rugby news, views, and abuse. Now here are your hosts, Aaron, Dan, and Victor. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Earful of Dirt. We got a lot of news to talk about, um, lots of things coming up, but before even going into the rundown, since we have limited time with the Strobro, uh, we want Aaron to come on so he can talk a bit more about his experience at the Silicon Valley 7s. Right now, he's sitting in an airport. Um, it looks like it might be the airport bathroom, but I'm not entirely sure if that's the case. So, Aaron, um, for the next couple of minutes, it's all you. You got me? You got my audio? You good? All right. Yeah, we're good, man. Go um, for it. All right. So this past week, I had the tremendous opportunity to be a military liaison to an international team, uh, currently America's hat, so I'm not really going to say who. But uh, great people, awesome experience uh, working with them. Uh, as far as you, I wrote about it a little bit on the Reddit page for USA Rugby. Uh, it was a great event from the team perspective. Uh, the logistics planning that went into getting this thing off the ground in about four months was tremendous. Uh, good practice site. Uh, and, uh, you know, the pitch at Avaya was great before we got there, but it's pretty tore up now, courtesy of a lot of rugby. Uh, the Avaya groundskeepers have their work cut out for them because that pitch has to be ready for uh, the U.S. women's soccer versus Canada match next Sunday. And it, like I said, it's pretty tore up. Loved the hotel we were staying at. They loved the food that they were provided. Uh, they said they said their experience was better than Vegas, so I think that's very important uh, when looking at uh, saying, "Well, it, was this a success or not?" I think this was more or less a proof of concept to see what UWS could do here. In well, not here because I'm in Orange County, trying to get on a plane in about five minutes. But um, up in San Jose, it was a great time, and if you guys remember. Uh, Avaya Stadium was the other stadium in the Rugby World Cup 7's bid uh, and for some reason they went with uh, just doing solo at AT AT&T Park but here's the thing Avaya is uh, you know it's 10 minutes away from Levi Stadium so why wasn't the question I have there is why did they just not junk AT&T Park and go and attempt to do a dual bid with Levi's and Avaya because they're so close and you have world class facilities and Levi's is built to do FIFA World Cup events so that pitch is definitely big enough to handle a world rugby reg pitch but um, as far as and then as far as like me, I mean, I got a master class in, uh, in, in sevens rugby, but just in rugby in general from watching the boys practice and watching uh, the national team coach and the national team manager and national team assistant coach and like everything that they did. So great experience if you're, you know, an army guy and you get asked to, hey, hey go be a liaison. What does that mean? For you as the guy, well, you have to make sure they get everywhere. Um, it's not a hard job, but like if they if they don't if they're not on time, it's it's a problem because everything's so compressed over that week period of time. 
there's also as far uh, as the fan stuff was, uh, there's, there's also nope. lots of uh, attempted assassinations from some of the, uh, the players they're really high profile targets that everyone's really coming after so Aaron's there to really keep them safe secret service yeah so there's that uh, you, you are supposed to like so it, you know we're media right now but it, like my capacity was like the, I was not a media member and that's why you like won't see real content for this uh, from Silicon Valley Sevens, other than you know my personal opinion about what went down because that wasn't my job and to be honest access that you know if I wanted to I probably could have gotten away with but that's just not me and I don't think anyone gets away with that stuff and comes back but um, they were great people UWS did a great job logistically planning this in a short window. Uh, you know, was it commercially a success? I, I don't have those metrics, so I can't really say what was up. I had an eye test based on what I saw, but here's the reality is like, this thing was pulled off in about four months. And if you were expecting to fill that stadium in four months, that just wasn't gonna happen because Vegas is at the point it's at now because it's been a predictable event on the rugby calendar. You know, it's been there for, I think, eight years now. So everyone knows first weekend in March, it's Vegas, it's Vegas 7s and we're going. It's on the calendar. So I think this could be a success in, you know, two to three years, like financially completely uh, during the high of football season, as long as it's on the rugby calendar as the first weekend in November every year. Uh, if it's not, then, you know, I, I, I really don't know what to say. But from the team perspective, from multiple national teams, um, it was a great event and they loved it. Uh, and like I said, everything was better than Vegas, according to these guys. So, yeah, um, I got to see a lot of talent. Uh, if you guys watched any of the Eagle Sevens, uh, Schrader, Schroeder, oh my gosh physical he, he reminds me if you guys ever have a chance to find some Tony Riddell uh, film or some Dan Lyle film like just um, playing seven specifically not really 15 uh, it was like that physical presence that we've that physical and big presence that we've desperately been missing on our seven team for the past couple of years so I think Mike has definitely scouted really well and found some excellent depth to build upon going into uh, the series this year. And it was a developmental tournament, but it was a first-side developmental tournament. So it was the guys that, you know, don't really get to go on tour a lot, they got to play. And the new guys that were coming in, uh, you know, they, they had to come in and earn their spot. Like, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's, someone from this squad that came up to Silicon Valley Sevens on all of the squads uh, across the 12 that came that, you know, get said, hey, man, stay in shape, but I can't contract you. Because there's only a finite amount of people that you can contract for Sevens, and I think it's about 20 for both women and men. Someone can give me a correction on that. But that's about what USA Rugby has been issuing for full-time contracts, 40-ish, give or take, for 20 for both men and women. 
So uh, I think that's it for me, guys. Uh, oh, last thing was um, so I did talk to Thierry Dupont on the phone uh, today, and you know I tried to pull uh, pull some marrow out of the bone that was thrown. Uh, both from New Orleans and Austin, and I was told that you know it's gonna, it's like it's gonna, it's gonna change the game, and it's gonna be what you know American rugby has needed, and what I think it is. I think it's either it's one of two things: it's a broadcast deal that's big, like much bigger than we thought, or it's a league sponsorship deal that is also big and is much bigger than we thought. I don't know. Um, for if anyone has the sports business journal, uh, it's supposed to be in there, I think. Uh, so if you have a subscription to that, uh, everything for tomorrow goes live at uh, midnight Eastern time. So you can check it out. Otherwise, uh, the full announcement from the league uh, will be at uh, midday tomorrow. So uh, looks like I need to go get in line. So. Uh, Thanks for having me on, guys. I will see you all back uh, for a real show on Monday. All right. Hey, travel safe, doing? my friend. Try not to crash. Bye, Aaron. All right. So Aaron has uh, left for some reason. Okay, his face is gone now. Um, but, yeah, the, the Silicon Valley 7s uh, seemed really exciting, though, even though there were only about three or 4,000 people. As Aaron said, it seemed like more of a proof of concept the other thing too, I think the the first couple of years of Vegas sevens, there were only a couple thousand people there, um, and now it's about eighty thousand. Uh, Vegas is obviously a big party spot, but San Francisco, or at least in the San Francisco area, is still a very large um, market for something like this. So I think it's gonna be awesome. The bar looked awesome um, at Avaya Stadium. I heard lots of great things about that. So I think uh, I saw all the people hanging out by that. And uh, now. Quick question for you guys on that. I know one of the big appeals of Vegas is it's an official stop on the uh, Sevens World Tour. Um, and I'm guessing the Silicon Sevens was not, or was no, it? It was, it was a preseason. It was UWS or United World Sports just put it together. Um, I think mostly because they're getting um, kind of trying to get pumped up a bit for the World Cup next year, which is going to be in the same area. Um, yeah. But it wasn't part of the actual um, – series that's the word i'm looking for what he said yeah yeah i saw victor like about no, that's really interesting i saw victor like literally about to speak i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in here and just cut him off and say the exact same thing he was probably gonna say <laughs> um <laughs> that's cool no that's cool with me dan no worries that's good um but now i know we're a bit out of order we had to do that just to accommodate aaron so he could hear a, little, a couple minutes of what he had to say um but here's the rundown that aaron usually does that's why i'm speaking right now um so top stories coming up. Something's happening tomorrow. Um, Aaron mentioned it before. If anyone hasn't seen it already, there is something big apparently going to happen tomorrow. Um, we have some speculation about that, but we're not entirely sure. But it seems more than just the typical league saying this is big. It sounds like it's something beyond what we would actually expect to happen for, as Aaron said, maybe a broadcast deal or sponsorship or um, even just a really well-known player signing. So unless Dan Carter comes to MLR, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> we did have a, some people did want to talk a bit about the status of pro rugby sanctioning agreement. Um, right around now um, seems to be when 
there is a certain deadline for something, so we may talk about that in a second. Um, Red River Rugby Conference signed a three-year deal with Austin to host a, um, a tournament for their teams. And then the Seattle Seawolves announces some season ticket prices, so that makes them the second um, club that really announces that. And then lots and lots and lots of player signings coming up. Um, I think they're about... 12 or 11 in total or maybe 10 or so i can't count um but a lot of really good players um there's no single spot that was or single single club that really had um that much more that really stood out for their players they all had a lot of great players coming up so let's jump over to the first piece of news Corey, why don't you jump up and talk about something happening tomorrow well, thank you so much, Dan. Yeah, so uh, as Aaron kind of hinted at, uh, and has as has been the speculation all over Twitter in the last few for the last few hours, uh, Thierry Dupin, who's the GM down at who's the GM down at Austin Elite, uh, just tweeted that there was going to be something big uh, coming out from the league. I think his exact words was massive announcement tomorrow. And uh, so obviously piqued our interest and uh, we started working our sources immediately. And uh, we definitely, you know, we, we hear stuff and we hear from people, but unfortunately just because of the nature of, uh, you know, certain announcements and certain uh, things within the league, you know, people can't, you know, you kind of get the, I can neither confirm nor deny responses from a lot of folks. Um, So, (laughs) <laughs> no, it's fantastic, and I actually really appreciate that they are sticking to their guns and being true to what they have been asked to do, which is not uh, spoil this one. So, guys, I want to ask you, um, we've had a lot of theories floating around. Uh, Aaron mentioned a few of them, TV deal, sponsorship deal. Um, there's also the specter of San Diego being announced sometime. What do you all think is going on? And uh, uh, Dan, do you want to kind of start us off with your speculation? Yeah, I think um, kind of reiterating what Aaron said, my idea, the only idea I could think of was a broadcast deal, to be honest, but the sponsorship deal actually sounds pretty interesting too. Um, As I kind of quickly said in the rundown, I don't think that this is sort of a, um, like a big player signing or um, I even don't think it's the San Diego announce announcement. Um, from how excited everyone is talking about this. And um, I always try and take that with a grain of salt because this is their league. So they have a vested interest in trying to say that everything is amazing. But um, from the way that they're kind of talking about this, it really sounds like it's a really big announcement for the entire league as a whole. Um, So something like a broadcast really makes a lot of sense. And there's actually a tweet, which, spoiler alert, we have a tweet of the week. Um, it's it's Thierry's tweet. Um, there was a, a TV icon or a computer screen icon in the tweet. Um, so that may be part of the reason why I think that it's a TV or broadcast deal. I also saw um, Austin Elite Rugby respond in another series of tweets. And um, long story short, made me believe that um, through their words, it was like a could have been a broadcast deal. Um, but it's completely speculation at this point. I mean, I, I really do think it's the broadcast deal. That's what I'm like really, really holding for. And I'll be really disappointed if it's something any less than that. Like it's just a really 
simple player signing or something like that. But I, I just don't think that's the case. But um, what about you, Victor? Well, Dan, besides what you just said, I cannot really add anything else. That's what I think as well. That <laughs> I love doing we, I've been uh, doing that all day. Just I'm saying everything that Victor would say anyway. So he just <laughs> has nothing to add on to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, but in all honesty, I had nothing else to add besides what you just said. That's what I think as well. There has to be a, a television deal, and if not, a sponsorship, maybe. But uh, I'm really pushing for television, especially for the fact, as you said on on uh, Thierry's uh, tweet, tweet as, a, so, as a computer screen icon um, emoji. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, if it is a broadcast deal, um, Everyone's expectation, like everyone knows Flow Rugby is involved and people keep asking like, what's the broadcast deal? What's going on? Everyone knows of Flow Rugby because they did show some matches. Um, but other than that, there's really no other broadcast partner outside of maybe like 11 sports because they've been involved with some other groups. Um, I think they also had Pro Rugby. I, I don't know. I didn't actually watch that, so I wouldn't know. Um, but there were some TV deals, but I mean, to, for it to be really a really exciting announcement. I, th my guess is that it'd be at least an actual well-known TV partner for national broadcast games. I, I don't know if ESPN would actually carry it or even NBC since they seem to actually care a lot and can really just throw it into their current lineup of uh, rugby pass and everything like that. Um, but, you know, regional, um, streaming or, or local TVs too, but I think I think it'd be much more of a national or at least recognizable name rather than like 11 Sports, which I've actually never heard of before like a week ago. Yeah, um, I would, I guess I would caution when you say, you know, everybody knows who Flow Rugby is. I, I don't, oh, no, I, I, I don't think that's true. I mean, I would say everybody within kind of our little niche community does just because we've been tracking with Austin, uh, what they've been doing down there. Oh yeah. That's, uh, that's, I, meant, I meant more like everyone who's familiar with major league rugby has heard of like, that's the only possible idea that I can think of off the top of my head, because it's the only one that's actually been linked to a uh, major league rugby teams or before it was even major league rugby though. So no, no, people haven't really heard of it really. Just yeah, absolutely. And so I guess I, I think we got to, uh, kind of monitor our expectations or limit our expectations here. If it is a TV deal, I mean, not to be too much of a Debbie Downer about this, but I don't, as cool as I think major league rugby is, and I think we agree it is, I don't see how it can possibly get enough, uh, be attractive to a national broadcaster like ESPN or NBC. I, in, unless it's on some sort of sub um, web web based system. Now I do know uh, ESPN is launching a new web exclusive uh, programming uh, channel of some kind, aren't they? Yeah, they're doing some sort of OTT app or or something like that. Yeah, and so you know we don't know what that's going to look like yet, and that may be the type of thing uh, it, where. Uh, Major League Rugby could even buy into it and say, okay, we would pay you guys to allow us access to uh, this these channels or something like that to broadcast, and then they would have to produce the games themselves or something. Uh, you know, and I think it's important to remember that the uh, Raptors are, are already producing their own games. I mean, uh, what they got up there at Infinity Park is a very professional, very well put together uh, live stream system. So 
there is precedent for teams uh, creating their own content and then making it available to other sources, uh, like uh, major, you know, like the uh, Rugby Channel and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I, I mean, I pray that we're not going to just get a Flow Rugby or a Rugby, rugby channel, channel or something like that. <laughs> yeah, gosh, that that would be incredibly disappointing at this point. Uh, it, but honestly, I would be fine with. Um, you know, an, an official relationship with something like YouTube. Let's say, you know, uh, it's going to be, even if it was like YouTube Red content or something like that, where um, you just knew that all the games or a featured game of the week or something would be on a nationally recognized platform and be highlighted by that platform. Uh, Dan, you and I were talking a little bit before uh, the live stream here about how uh, Major League Lacrosse handles theirs and they have a partnership with twitter is that what you're telling me yeah it's either major league or lacrosse or the other one i don't know why there are two different lacrosse leagues i don't even really understand why there's one lacrosse league to be honest <laughs> but there's uh there is a partnership with one of the lacrosse leagues and it is on twitter or something like that i knew about it before but then i was on twitter on my desktop or uh, a while ago and I saw like a little square on the bottom and it was a video of a lacrosse game. So I only clicked on it just because I was thinking kind of from the rugby perspective, like, oh, I wonder what the interaction is with this. So I clicked on it. I saw, I was like, okay, that's cool. And I just kind of went away. But um, the fact that it was actually there, just free streaming right there. If anyone's on Twitter, just messing around, they'll just see like a little icon saying live, like, oh, what is this? And I mean, at this point, that's really what we're, we're asking for because I don't know how much money that could actually make. But right now, that's really what we're hoping for is just for it to be on a TV. Like you, you kind of see like um, in like a TV show or a movie or someone just walking down the street back in like the 90s or something and they look in the window and they see in the TV like a rugby match going on. You're like, ooh, what is this? And you just kind of like watch it. Like that's sort of what I'm hoping for. At least I'd be happy with that. Um, Obviously, I want the league to make money, and I'm hoping that this deal, if it is a television deal, would get them a good amount of revenue. But the most important part for the first season is just get it out there. Pro Rugby didn't really, in my opinion, do a good enough job with that. Um, I I didn't watch many games, but, you know, that's just me. I I was actually kind of lazy when it came to that. Hey, guys, I just found out why there's two lacrosse teams. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, so I just found out why there's two lacrosse leagues. So uh, Major League Lacrosse does Phil Lacrosse, and National uh, Lacrosse League, and now that's Box Lacrosse. So one's Phil and one's Box. So two, interesting. A box, so Box Lacrosse, okay, so Box Lacrosse is like indoor lacrosse, in other words. Oh, okay. So oh, that's yeah, why there's two leagues. So one is on a field, on an actual field, and the yeah. one is on, it's indoor. It's like, for example, arena football, for example. And there's still two of those. So, and there's no rugby. There's only one. Also, rugby. real quick, um, uh, coming from our comments section on YouTube here, uh, Grant Cole checked in uh, from uh, this is uh, Texas Rugby, and he just says, "You will not, all caps, not be disappointed by the announcement tomorrow." And as we know, Grant 
actually uh, knows something. Knows everything. So I think uh, he also said that there's a few folks that have uh, embargoed uh, press release out already. Uh, they haven't released it, but uh, just so you know, the news is floating around. And so we are going to hear it sooner rather than later, I would say. So who knows? Uh, depending on what this is, we uh, we may be back before a week uh, a week is out. We don't know. Yeah, we. So we might uh, thanks, Matt, out for that. And we really appreciate you. Exactly. Guys, I, I, I'm coolly dropping in, in like a like a half episode, guys, just to talk about this thing if it's really that big. I think that's a, that's a fair deal. We can definitely do something like that. And I think we we've talked about as much speculation as we could about a potential idea of something. So. I mean, it's coming up tomorrow. I don't know why they, they plan it the day after. They know they know we're doing this. They they know we're doing this podcast. They're they're just messing with us right here. So uh, I had, I hopped on uh, I hopped on uh, Twitter and I said I I think it's a conspiracy. I I think they're just trying to feed stuff to uh, uh, red, white, and black eye podcasts. Right. So hmm. they had, yep. I mean they, they, <laughs> they get they get really bad luck with a lot of stuff. So I mean this they is do. something that will come out for them to talk about. So. That is good for them. And uh, they do such a fantastic job on their show that uh, I don't begrudge it at all. So if, if anybody had to have it first, uh, by all means. I think they've, they've earned mm-hmm. that. Shout out to Warren and Preston. Yep. Yeah. So, guys, um, Victor, I know you've been looking into uh, an updated agreement uh, between MLR and the Red River Rugby College Conference. Uh, tell us what's going on there. Yes, guys. So you may remember that by, I believe, last, uh, no, I think it was in September, uh, there was that, um, that agreement between, uh, I guess, Triple R, Double C, let's call it that. Triple R, Double And nothing, um, yeah, I, I, Triple R, Double C. I mean, we do have the LI Double R here in New York City, Dan, so I mean, <laughs> we could work them out. So between Red River and um, Austin Elite, uh, because the, of this, yeah, the creation of this all starred a tournament that's going to, that's going to be host uh, in Austin League's field. Well, apparently there's this new deal signed between both factions, Double uh, R, Triple R, Double C, and AR that's going to make this particular uh, tournament happening in Austin's field for the following three years. And looking at specifically at the agreement, and just to read you a portion of it eight and i quote eight of the nine red river teams will compete for final conference seating at the event on april 7 2018 and the top teams from the north and south divisions will compete in the final for an automatic berth into the usa rugby d1 national playoff a second 15 final will also be held featuring the top performing developmental sides from the regular season. All guys will be broadcast with the final match played on 11 Sports, which is another agreement they had that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. So all in all, in all uh, definitely really cool. Again, the development of um, college rugby in that region of the country. Again, with a connection with, it, with the MLR side, we have already talked about the fact that it's really cool that we may have a future collegiate players coming from those teams playing that tournament eventually going to Austin Elite or any other or or for example Nola Gold which are the only two teams well that and, and the Houston Cats, which are the three teams in that in the region thus far crossing my finger on Dallas still so we'll see what happens but yeah really cool 
Yeah, that's that's actually that's really exciting that it's coming back for three years. I, I think was it the news that they just the Austin is also having a similar kind of partnership with the NS NSCRO, the small colleges, or is that a different team? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Yeah. Um, I that's why this all sounds all, so confusing because it's like all these different things coming to here. But it sounds like it's a similar kind of thing where they're doing like a 15s tournament with with them too. Um, or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it's an All Star game. That's what it is. Um, ah, well, there we go. This is this is just really great for a couple of reasons. Both of these sets of news. One, it's um, it's putting college rugby and especially in some cases small college rugby on the map. Um, and just saying, here's a big tournament. It's also going to be streamed or or on TV. I don't know how many people can just stumble upon 11 sports, but it's still out there. Um, the other thing, too, is that Austin is clearly trying to show that it's trying to have a partnership with different colleges. Um, Red River Rugby has a bunch of teams in Texas, um, so they're all pretty close to Austin. So it's a great kind of feeder system for them. And just getting the current players more familiar with um, Austin Elite Rugby, and and not even so they can come out and be you know the starters or be the best players in the team, but even just depth for the players, or worst case scenario, get more familiar with the club and then like join the Huns or even the Blacks or something like that, and just know that you know they may be good enough for for D one, and then they can move up to actually being professional. I mean that's that's every every kid's dream knowing that they can actually be professional, whether it's for a career or even just a couple of years just after college. That's awesome. I mean, it only took forever, but we we'll finally have that option. Yeah, so that I think that's really great, and I I love that Austin's really trying to show that it is there um, for all the local colleges that play. Um, so it's just extra ways to put it on the map, and because as what happens a lot, you know, there's they're rugby players, but they're not necessarily rugby, um, I guess, fans in the sense that they actually go out and actively try to watch rugby matches. Now we obviously all watch them. Um, and we talk about watching them a lot. Um, I mean, we're talking about a a league that doesn't even have any games yet. So that's how much we actually care about it. Um, well, a lot of rugby players out there play it and they love playing it. It's a great sport, but they don't actually watch it. So this could actually change that a bit. This could help them know that there's a, a professional, um, team out there and they can say, Oh, I played with them even if they didn't actually play with them, but I played a tournament on their field and they played right after. It was great. And then they can, you know, stream them, share with their friends, do something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Rugby has a very different, a very weird niche here in the States when it comes to sports, because for example, uh, I know for a fact myself, again, as a Dominican, we play baseball in DR because of all the, the great Dominican players that have gone to major league baseball uh, or basketball the same thing i mean we don't have as many dominicans as we would like uh, but it's funny because i noticed that so- kids that play soccer here in the states usually play soccer because they have seen the leagues in europe and they get really into the game and the people that, that play rugby they play rugby because a friend got them into them and not necessarily like you said are fans of the game because of what they saw on television so it's very different reasonings as to why they play the game one is because of what you saw on television uh, through the leagues in europe and the other one is because someone introduced you to the game so very funny dichotomy between how the sports work in comparison to rugby two sports that share a long history together yeah mm-hmm. but so moving on from uh from that deal we have as I mentioned before, a, a lot of player signings coming up. So I'm going to mention the first couple here. Um, I think almost every team except for the Sabercats 
many teams are there, and the Raptors, which pretty much have their team kind of set with the Merlins and everything. Almost everyone actually announced a, a player deal. So uh, the Utah Warriors had one announcement, and it was Paul Lasique. Um, when I heard the announcement, I was like, that name sounds really familiar, and I couldn't really remember why. But then I watched the video they actually posted um, about Warrior Enlisted. And Paul is a former BYU All-American, and he's also actually was a fullback for the Chicago Bears. Very recent, very, um, very short time. And most people don't actually remember fullbacks, but I remember when the All Blacks actually went there to play Ireland. Um, there was an article and actually interviewed Paul because he is from New Zealand. So seeing the All Blacks was, you know, huge for him. They they were his his dream growing up. Um, so that's where I remember seeing that. But he's a he's a big guy. You know, I, I watched the little video that Utah posted, which Utah did, I have to say, a really great time. Uh, gr- I'm sorry, really great job um, with their player announcement, um, showing highlights from him, um, him basically just running over players, stiff arming them or handoff or however they call it in rugby. Um, but he, he played for BYU rugby. But then when the football team saw him and saw how he was essentially running players over, um, he was a walk-on for the football team too. He became a, a running back and then eventually was actually captain senior year. So he is a really impressive player. He's built impressively. Um, he still has quite a few years on him too. He's only 27 years old. Um, next two signings came from our friends up north, the Seawolves. We had uh, Brock Stoller, who is... Uh, a Canadian international, so it just marks off another Canadian for uh, the Seawolves up there. I think, you know, having uh, Curry Hitchborn up there, who's a, a Canadian guy, um, really helps bring in a lot of guys from from BC area. Um, so he played, he represented Vancouver in regional play, British Columbia in provincial play, and he is currently on the can- Canadian team. Um, he is a graduate of the UBC men's varsity rugby program, and uh, for two years in a row, he was actually the leading point scorer for the BC Rugby Union Men's Premiership. So that's actually really awesome. Um, the other being Aladdin Shermer. Aladdin is most recently with the Saracens, USA 7s, and 15s Eagle. Um, he was a member of the USA U20 Junior World Rugby Trophy uh, winning team in 2012. Um, some people may recognize him from the APC. I saw him um, really stand out. He was he really stood out to me as one of the first players from the first match, I think. Um, and he can also show you the world because he's Aladdin. A whole That's, new world. Sorry, I, I I really just had to say that. I I couldn't really resist. Um, it's a really bad pun, but I just had to say that. So anyway, that's all I got for me. Um, let's move over to uh, to Nola. I can show you the world. I hope he does. Shining, shimmering, splendid. I'm sorry, I just have to. I have to. I, I would love to see, like, I know there's not really any many rugby celebrations, but I'd love to see, like, a magic carpet ride or something like that. Somehow. I don't know how you can incorporate it. Maybe he can just sit on a player's back and hold one of the other players as a, as a Jasmine, but I, I would love to see that. <laughs> I swear to God, guys, if I were going to a Seattle game to like the Starfire Stadium, I'm going to bring like a cutoff head of a distance Aladdin with with the genie and just like wave them. And he's just gonna sit there like, oh god, he's gonna get in that. <laughs> like, yeah, business. I haven't heard that one before yeah. a million times. 
Okay, Victor, seriously though, <laughs> Aladdin's fun. Moving but on. You've got you've got one of the more exciting uh, signings, at least for me, that I've heard in a while. Who's coming to go to Nola, man? Well, guys, um, we had the announcement that John Pierre Eloff is coming to New Orleans. JP. That's right. JP, exactly. Coming specifically from Chicago Lions. Which, by the way, if you're not watching the, the video, Corey has a cap. Okay, so. You should be watching JP the Eloff. And, and I, I completely agree. They definitely should be watching. Grant JP Eloff is very. So we appreciate that. Uh, well, that, 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 that is different. That is definitely true. By the way, before I talk about JP Love, guys, and going quickly to uh, Brock Stuller, um, that dude, oh my goodness, he played win, by the way, for Canada. Yeah, this past Friday, they were playing against the Mario All Blacks out of BC Place in Vancouver. It, I think it was like capacity up to 60, 70,000 people, something like that, I forgot. The thing is that the dude kicked the only nine points Canada scored against the Mario All Blacks. They lost 51 to 9. But this guy kicks, wow. Some really, really complicated kicks, and he makes it look like like it's nothing. It's it's it's, it's it just it's incredible. It's always a good, it's a really, attribute. really good kicker. If you, if you're not seriously, the best team, definitely, if he isn't going to score. At least have a good kicker. I mean, that's really the number. Yeah, one seriously. This this was a monster. Really good wing. Really good. Yeah. But anyways, going back to JP Love. So he is the brother, by the way, of former Eagle Philip. Most people don't mention that. And um, JP actually played for Davenport University. And went on to become 2011's College Player of the Year by Rugby Mag. Um, he made his Eagle debut back in, two, in the 2016 America's Rugby Championship against Canada. And that same year, he joined the Ohio Aviators uh, from a professional rugby organization, or pro rugby as we call it too. After, unfortunately, a season-ending injury, Ilov came back to play for the USA Selects. Uh, in the developmental America specific challenge uh, tournament back in 2016 and this past year in 2017. And with, of course, with the Lions entering uh, MLR in 2019, there is possibility that JP may return to his previous, previous club, but only time will tell. So we'll see how that happens. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's one. Another one that Nola Gold also uh, signed which actually I just noticed that someone here added an extra letter for no reason is a guy called Michael Basca. No, Basca. I don't know why people are in the R. The R doesn't belong there. Well, <laughs> that's just something to notice. By the way, um, Basca, I believe, typo. is, uh, I think it's from, it, it is definitely called a typo. By the way, that last name, I believe, is from Slovakia. I want to say it could be wrong, but I think Slovakian. Definitely from former Yugoslavia. So, anyways, so. He signs uh, from Lindenwood University, the, the Lions, and he also used to go to Arkansas State University. And he's a native from Oberlin, Kansas. I had to say I don't know where that is, but I do know he's in Kansas, obviously. Um, he played uh, he, this, this kid, and I got to call him kid because I'm 27 and I'm younger than him. Um, so it has a lot of things in his plate. So, Collegiate All-American Sevens, he played. Um, he won the Las Vegas Sevens Invitational with both the ASU Red Wolves and the LU Lions. He went to the Collegiate Rugby Championship with the Lions, helped them win the USA Rugby Collegiate Sevens Tournament. Uh, most recently, he played from Kansas City Blues. 
Um, he and he was also for the with the collegiate All American Sevens in Rapid Town Sevens that came this past August. Um, yeah, this this is really this kid has a lot of things in his plate and definitely really good uh, for for the thing itself. So definitely kudos to him. Uh, another gentleman that we got that also came actually out of the Pacific, I mean the American Pacific Challenge Tournament, is Holden Younger. Um, he's coming out of St. Mary's College, uh, the Gales as I call them. He's a scrum half. Um, he's a native from Petaluma, California, and he has been a main figure on the Gales squad. On top, and this is very interesting, maintaining a 3.8 GPA, great point average. Pursuing a, a graduate degree in environmental degree in environmental studies, excuse me. So keep in mind, guys, playing rugby and keeping a three point eight a, a GPA, which is really hard. Let me tell you, uh, uh, someone that only kept it at three point two, I know it's hard. Trust me, and he's beating me by a mile, definitely. So, like I said, he was featured in the twenty seventeen uh, USA Selects a team that went down to Montevideo, Uruguay for the APC, very quick ball distributor, and he's definitely following the good steps of um, some great uh, U.S. Uh, scrum halves, such as Mike Petrie and Sean Davies. I guess you could also throw uh, Nate Osberg there if you want there. Uh, but definitely congratulations from the signing to, to, uh, to Holden, uh, on also the fact that his name is Holden and Cashier in the Rise, one of my favorite books of all time. So that's also really cool. Phony. Right. Very good. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and take us down to Austin and uh, talk about some signings out of there. So we've got some uh, we've got some good ones coming there too. So, yeah. Um, first off, we're going to welcome uh, Paki Afu, and you guys are going to have to correct me on all these names because I'm just terrible at them. But uh, Paki as is as if we're uh, actually experts on it. Yeah, Paki is. No, no. Well, I, well, I am. Well, why didn't you take Austin? <laughs> well, I know his name. His whole name is Paki Sonasi. Yeah. Paki Sonasi. There is a... Who's a top... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was just making a bad joke. So you can continue. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he is a native of Auckland, uh, New Zealand. And... Uh, oh, he was Australia. Say what? Uh-oh. Sorry. Continue. Oh no! Oh no! Sorry, because you say he was, I said that you were about to say Australia before you stop and then and then. I, I did. I, I almost said Australia. So Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, he attended St. Paul's College and played for a variety of teams, including the Tongan national team, uh, as well as the Sydney Roosters, which is a, a league team. And uh, before going on to play a bunch of other places. It's a really long list. So suffice it to say, uh, he is, uh, you know, he's got that Southern Hemisphere style, and I think he's going to be a very dynamic and very exciting player to bring over to the States, and it's somebody we've been hearing about for a while. So I'm very excited. Um, I think with uh, with Hackett, I'm sorry to just cut you off there. I think in Austin's do. announcement, they said he played for the Tongan national team, but... Um, but I think he played for the Tongan National Rugby League team, but he did play for Tonga yeah, right. in the APC. Or I think someone posted that he scored a try against Canada, which is like awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it was right. kind of confusing because it didn't really specify that. But I think mm-hmm. he mostly played league, and I don't know if he converted or 
I mean, when he converted, but I mean, he made the right choice. Is all I gotta say. He played Union for Counties Manukau and then moved to League and then played for the Tongan Rugby League team and then now for Tongan A in, in Union. So he hasn't really played for the, the Kalitahi, which are the, the Seagulls, the, the main Union League team, at least not yet. Okay. There you go. Very good. Uh, so uh, next up is a Frenchman, and uh, I'm going to also – Probably have a fun time with this. We're gonna go with uh, Timothy uh, Guillemin. 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 Thank you. Uh, he is a utility. He's a uh, utility back, and uh, this guy has been uh, on the pitch just about forever, from the sounds of things. He's uh, uh, 21 years old right now, so he's a youngster. Uh, but he's already been playing the European Champ- Challenge Cup. Uh, with Agen and uh, he Agen. Was Agen, and he was also part of the French uh, U18s and U16s teams, national teams. So, uh, yeah, a, a very young player who is bringing a, already a lot of experience to the team. So, very excited to see what he's bringing to the pitch. Uh, we also have Antonio Wynn, uh, and he is coming as another utility back. Um, he is from Indiana and has been playing uh, rugby since he was 14. He went to uh, Indiana University uh, from 2011 to 15, so he's a recent graduate, and has been playing for the Blacks, the Austin Blacks. So uh, in 2016, he earned back of the year uh, for that team. He's 26 right now, 6'1", 195. Uh, yeah, so very excited to have him on board. And finally... Uh, the last signing Austin announced this week was with Alan Hansen, uh, another utility back, uh, and he is from Ohio. So he uh, grew up in Hudson, Ohio. He's 23 currently. Uh, was a multi-sport athlete at Hudson High School. Uh, started playing rugby in his sophomore year. Uh, he joined the class of 2012 at Wheeling Jesuit um, under co- head coach Eric Jerp, Jerpe. And, uh, yeah, he also spent some time at uh, Tiger Rugby Academy uh, and was a member of the Ohio Aviators. So he has done quite a bit and uh, has just kind of been around the scene for a while. So excited to see what he's going to bring brings to the team as well. So that's uh, that's what's coming out of Austin, guys. And now I'm going to go back and review uh, Grant's comments on uh, my section of the show here. <laughs> So keep in mind, guys, last week we got 10 signings. That is the most we have gotten thus far. Yeah. 10 signings. Uh, uh, and out of those 10, 10 signings, guys, uh, this is 10 of so, them, yeah. Yeah. I will yeah, say that. Let me see. So four from. No, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, Dan. I was going to say four from Austin, three, four. Yeah, three from NOLA, two from Seattle, and the one from Utah. So, yeah, 10. so, yeah another big week for signings. It's 10. I did the math. It is 10. But um, with especially even looking at these signings too, like you have um, a former pro rugby player, like in pro rugby the league, not a professional rugby player. Um, you also have someone who played for a professional rugby club in France, um, someone who's back of the year, someone who played professionally in the NRL and was also a member of the Tongan national team, um, a USA Eagle. Um, 
Who else do we have? Another USA and, Eagle. Um, an NFL uh, player. An NFL player and a Canadian player. And there's also two other guys that, you know, they have other great accomplishments too. But um, when we when this league came about, a lot of people, when they heard that it was basically stemming from existing clubs, they just were talking about it as if, okay, so here's like the Saracens and they're going to become the professional Saracens, which are now, we you know, the Seawolves. Um, we kind of talked about it as if it was just the exact same players going from Saracens to Seawolves, and then that's that. Maybe some signings here and there. But, I mean, this week kind of shows that, that there's a lot of really quality signings out there. These aren't just club rugby players. They are now becoming professional for the first time ever. These are some, you know, really, really good players. And, and I think this would even match the... Uh, um, some of the teams from uh, from two years ago, from the other from the other league, whatever, um, we're getting a lot of players from pro rugby, which is great because they had a ton of really great players. Um, but we're not just taking all those players; we're we're adding on to that too. So that's really awesome. And uh, just so you know, over in the comments section, uh, Grant did send along some helpful information. He sent a, a very long list of uh, oh, current man. signings that had thirteen names on it. Um, so I think we'll probably review that and uh, update our list for next week. Uh, but he also said, um, pointed out that uh, Guillermo was on the uh, Austin Huns national championship team last year. So uh, that's that's a good note mm-hmm. as well. So he's been around Austin for a little bit. So it's good to see him step up to the MLR side. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Grant. And this year that. too. So. Thank you. Also, I forgot to mention Antonio Wynn, who has a, a sick mustache. Um, I was <laughs> when I saw the Facebook announcement. Mustache was, of the decade. Mustache. Of the decade. Hey, remember, guys, mustache of the decade. I went on there and I went on the Facebook page, and what's actually kind of cool is that a lot of times you see the actual person get tagged in it. Um, but then he responded that he, that his mustache was actually the one with the contract. He's just coming along for the ride. So <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, All right. So, what do you think, guys? Should we uh, transition over to some news items? Yeah, we definitely should. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, we usually like to hit up some news, views, and abuse. So, I'll go ahead and start us off with uh, some news, and then you guys can go ahead and follow up with the abuse if you don't mind. Uh, first things first, out of Seattle. Um, we didn't uh, didn't want to leave them too far uh, down the list here. So first things, they they have announced that they have season tickets available for uh, ho- four home matches coming up at uh, Starfire Stadium in Tukwila, Washington. Uh, the cost is ninety nine dollars for. I assume that's for all four matches. So that's twenty five bucks a a match. So not a bad price for uh, going and seeing. You know. Four professional teams, uh, well, I guess five for uh, four games with uh, the Seawolves versus four opponents. So uh, that's pretty exciting. I think it's uh, it's good to see them as well as the SaberCats offering these packages and kind of getting out ahead of things. Obviously, um, I'd like to know who they're playing, uh, but that will come in time as well. So I think this is kind of a nod to the real – diehards out there who are ready to buy in to this league or you know to this organization right now and really want to see see this thing happen so yeah uh it's a good thing 
thus far, those are the only two teams that have announced season tickets, right? Both uh, them, Seattle, and the Sabercats, right? Because as far as I know, Glendale hasn't done it, nor has it done it Austin Elite, nor Utah. I'm the Sabercats, yeah, the Sabercats, uh, Sabercats announced it, but I think it's, mm-hmm. um, I think it includes their preseason games. I don't know if it includes their regular season games too. I think it might. It's my, it's my understanding. It is only the preseason. Those tickets they have on sale right now are the preseason season, basically, uh, yeah. so, which runs through February, Grant. maybe early March. Yeah, let's Grant, see what Grant has to say. We know you're that. listening, Grant. Just. Post it. We'll go back to it in a couple seconds. Just yeah, he's, he's talking about somebody shaving. I don't. I don't know. It's it's devolved into a facial shaving. hair discussion. I hope he doesn't shave the mustache. Uh, whatever his name was, I forget. Grant, Grant says there's Grant or Antonio. Yeah, Grant says there's uh, six for the SaberCats preseason. There's six uh, matches that they're selling tickets for. It runs January through March. Okay. Why don't we just have Grant so, on the show this week? I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah, Grant, if uh, if you're available, when we have this announcement, we may want to have you uh, jump on and talk us through some of this stuff. So that would be smart, actually. More than yes, half of your show. And guys, moving from the next. Oh, yeah, sorry, Dan. Uh, moving to the next um, news item, um, Glendale Raptors released images of both their home and away kits, and they are amazing. My good, especially especially the away kit. That one, that one's gorgeous, the yellow one. My wife can attest that that is really nice. She said they look really good. Yeah, she's giving the thumbs up, although you cannot see it because we don't know either. No way watching the video or hear or hear in the audio. I think she's. But yeah, what? Okay yeah, but wife gave her thumbs up of approval, and that's always good. Yeah. Uh, the so yeah, also with, also with the Raptors, they actually delayed their combines. It was supposed to be this past weekend, but there wasn't actually much notice for it as far as we're concerned. Um, so that should be coming up. Um, sometime, but the, they will have a, they will have a combine. Um, though the Raptors actually seem like one of the teams that are pretty like if there was a club I would pick to just stay pretty much exactly the same, it would be the Raptors. I might be completely wrong. Um, I tend to be completely wrong a lot. That's why I have a voice and I'm speaking on the podcast right now. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens. Oh, but you know uh, what? Yeah. No, I was gonna say, you know what, Dan? I think, I think, I think you are right because I mean, you have the the Merlin Elite, as they call it in themselves right now, yeah. and and yeah, you look at that roster, and that roster pretty much looks set to go. I mean, you could tell because they have two Georgians, and Georgians are expensive, and when a team has two Georgian players, you know that team is professional, because no Georgian goes anywhere else, and besides France and the UK. Georgians don't go anywhere else. I mean, I never seen a Georgian go down to the, the Southern Hemisphere play. Never seen them play in South Africa or New Zealand or Australia. I don't know. I, I guess I don't want to. But I mean, they just don't go south. Never seen a Georgian play there. I mean, if you had to pick a place, I'd pick a place with money. I mean, it's just it's my first place to go to. Um, of course, dude. I tell you this: once once we get that New York team, you're gonna see all the Georgians from Brooklyn in that team. Swear to God. Swear to God, all the judges that live in Brad- in Br- they live in Brighton Beach. You're gonna see the- and Beth and Beth Beach where I live at. You're gonna see them going to the to the rugby team in, in New York. Because we got a bunch of judges. If they're not if they're not playing, I mean, where are they now? They have to be playing somewhere. They're not just gonna be going from from sitting on their couch doing nothing. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play professional rugby right now. Like they just I'll tell you this though, the I saw- They literally crawl out of the caverns just playing professional rugby. 
I'll tell you this, though. I was wearing my Georgia jersey about two months ago, and I saw this guy stopping me, asking me, dude, where you get that shirt? And I said, dude, are you Georgian? I said, yeah, that's why I'm asking. Oh, and I just bought it online. Uh, you follow the rugby? Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, really cool. So awesome. And then I told him, hey, you know we're playing Georgia. You say playing Georgia in November? I said, yeah, I know. I'm keeping up with that. So good. So the Georgia guy actually stopped me waiting for the bus for that. That's awesome. Grant actually just said there's a big Georgian community yeah. in Denver. I wouldn't have ever guessed it. Oh, really? <laughs> I would have never in my in million years guessed there were Georgians in, in Denver, Colorado. I heard there's a, a big Georgian community in Atlanta, too. Mm. Right? Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, because there, there were a lot of them in the, in the Georgia game <laughs> and that happened in Kansas State University. Mm. Yeah, it does. Ah. 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 It was terrible. It's not funny. Victor, Victor didn't. It's catch mostly that. not funny because I thought about saying something like that, and then I'm like, "No, that joke is so bad, I would not be able to respect myself it. in the morning if I'd said it." Yeah, I should admit it. Uh, yeah, let's let's. Anyway, moving on. Let's just let's cancel. Yeah, moving on. Anyway, so yeah, we have uh, the, the tweet of the week that we were talking about. This is uh, Thierry Dupont. At and we've already kind of hit on this, but uh, it's people may have sat through the entire podcast just to hear me say this. Um, so I'm not, I'm going to give the people what they want, really. Um, so Thierry Delpon, who is at T Delpon, massive announcement tomorrow, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Just can't wait. Rugby ball emoji, trophy emoji, and then either TV or computer monitor emoji depending on how you actually interpret that. So, I mean, that's it. It's it's really simple. It's exactly what I said before. Um, we talked about this kind of ad nauseum before, but... I it. think it's worthy of the tweet of the week, though. I mean, this is yeah. a big freaking deal. This actually is the tweet of the week. I mean, if you look at it that way. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like how people determine MVP. Is it the best player in the entire league, or is it someone who's just the most valuable? I mean, that's, that's how you kind of have to determine. Is this the most valuable tweet, or is it just the best tweet? MVT, MVT. Then we always, uh, also every week, we like to hit on questions from Bob, whether they came from Bob or not. So uh, if you guys are good with it, I'll go ahead and rattle off a few of these and kind of get your reaction. Okay. Cool. So first up, uh, give a shout out to one of our newest subscribers over at our uh, MLR subreddit. That's uh, reddit.com slash r slash mlrugby. And uh, BreeGuy28 recently jumped on, and uh, he's from Seattle. And I was uh, trying to th- figure out, are people from Seattle uh, Seattleians, Seattlers, Seattleitations? Seattleite. Do you guys, Seattleites? Yes. It also sounds just like satellite, so it's, it's pretty, it's, it sounds the best. Yes, See, uh, you know what I think Seattleites. I looked it up. It sounds... I looked it up before. <laughs> oh, I saw, did? Okay. I, yeah, I saw. I I'm saw. Wrote now. that. I wrote that. Uh, I saw he wrote that joke, so I, I made sure to look it up beforehand. So that's awesome, Seattleites. I actually like that. Yeah. Well, uh, Seattleite yeah. Bree Guy Twenty Eight wants to know. Actually, he's got several questions. So first off, uh, what are the advantages MLR will have over its predecessors? And I know on the discussion we kind of delve deep into the lore of American professionalism in rugby, but uh, do either one of you guys want to just kind of give us an overview about why MLL rocks and why everybody else blows? I'll start. 
So yeah. first one and the, and the most important, they come from existing clubs or at least some of their uh, some of their allure comes into the league. So I mean, even though, for example, uh, the the Hunts were touted to be in the league, they evolve or or they sort of split into the Hunts and the Elite. But the Elite come again with that from the history from the Hunts. Same with the Raptors. The Raptors are remaining the same, but they have decided to split themselves and they have the Merlins as their low division team. Again, you got the Seattle Saracens. Again, it's split and become the Seawolves. The only one that hasn't done it is the, the well, actually, they sort of have done it. Uh, the start of the history strikers changed their name and now are the Saber Cats. But again, when they come with the history of that old Houston, uh, Houston strikers team uh, from the 70s that eventually went couple and then the ride revived the team and change the name to the server cats so that's one two it has already the back the, the i guess the, the backing from the american rugby community uh, really as a whole in comparison to i mean i'm just gonna use the name for rugby uh, rugby had some backing but not all of it people were very skeptical so i mean people are skeptical of mlr but not as much in comparison to pro rugby even thought Again, then sort of went downhill with them. Um, oh my goodness, what, what else? I mean, this, I know there's more than those two, but I'll, I'll let you take over for that. Yeah, this is, I mean, other than that, um, I was going to say this too, but Grant also wanted to jump in. And I mean, Grant's like the, the invisible um, fourth host. Fourth man? Today. Yeah, the fourth man here today. Um, MLR is, each, each team in MLR is a separate, complete entity. Like, um, Terry Del Pont is one of the, owners of Austin Elite Rugby, completely separate from Nola Gold, which is Tim Falcon, um, completely separate from the Raptors, which I think is actually uh, Glendale or whatever like that. Um, so they're all owned by different um, different owners. So if one fails, the rest of the league theoretically should still hold strong. Um, second is that um, MLR teams own the league through a holding company, which funds the league's subsidiaries. So. Um, basically they, they pay into this league and then it kind of pays back, um, through that in that sense. Um, what pro rugby did before it was all owned by one person. Um, it was the only professional actual league that we had set together. The other, um, leagues that are out there were like the, um, the PRP was that what it was called Pacific rugby premiership premiership. Yeah. Um, and there were some other two, but they were kind of like regional club. And they, I think they had, uh, I think there was like Super League Two, which had the goal of becoming professional, but it was really just kind of like D1 clubs playing together, but it wasn't actually really professional. Um, so that's another thing too. It's it's actually professional. Um, so that's it. But I mean, we talked about this a lot. Um, it's biggest thing is that clubs are owned separately. And um, what Victor said. Yeah, okay, whatever I said. So yeah. ownership and uh, I said. I'm history, <laughs> I think, kind of yeah. helped define some of the strengths of this league. And um, I, I think the history is important, too, because of the established uh, being established within their communities. And I also really appreciate the community focus of uh, the teams thus far. You know, we talked about uh, Austin's relationship with the uh, – Red River Rugby Conference and uh, Collegiate Conference. And uh, there's been associations and deals like that through across uh, across the league. 
And it seems to me that one of the strengths is that they are trying to be good neighbors, good partners within their communities. Um, you know, one of the things um, the Sabercats did uh, back when they were still the Strikers is they spent a lot of time before they even announced any, anybody who was signed, you know, before they started practicing, going out, meeting with the local clubs, meeting with the local schools, holding workshops, and really doing that community building. And so that, to me, is a, a real strong point of these teams is that they are part of the communities that they're in. They're not just kind of their own thing hanging out there and expecting people to come buy into it. They, they're, they're making the first move. They are buying into their towns first and then saying, Hey, come be a part of it. Let's build something amazing together. And I think that's a really good model to, to go off of. All right. Enough of my rambling on that one. Next question from BreeGuy28. Has anything been decided regarding TV coverage? Well, hopefully tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see tomorrow. Yeah, that was uh, a very timely question and uh, one we will find out soon. Who is this BreeGuy? You, like... you said he was new, right? And he's asking these questions. Yeah. What's the TV coverage? Let's look into this guy. I think he might be a mole. <laughs> <laughs> He's a pl- it's actually my other account. I just wanted to get some questions out there because we didn't have any questions last week. We need something, guys. <laughs> okay, so he also wants to know, are we looking to have some commercials popping up anytime soon? I think that one's pretty self-explanatory since Sabercats have already done that. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they had their, the radio. Uh, they had their uh, radio commercials. It's, it's I think it Grant said it's for the three weeks following the World Series and there actually was someone on the Reddit account who found out about it and said that he joined on to the Reddit page because of the radio ad. He heard Sabercats rugby coming to Houston. He's a Houston native, I guess played rugby or likes rugby. So he searched it, found the Reddit page and is now actually going to follow major league rugby. So there's at least one person that knows about it because of the ad. And is actually going to commit. So if you just count that one person, it's a hundred percent success rate. So there you go. And just ignore the other people. Uh, he also also curious: Is there any connection between MLR teams and pro teams overseas? Uh, this is an interesting yeah. question. And I think uh, where this really comes into play is uh, the question of San Diego, whether you know, and if that happens or not, but. They, they have some specific ownership that is directly affiliated with uh, Super Rugby, right? Yeah. The Stormers. At least that's what every single person says that knows something about it. So I'd imagine it's actually true and not just going to bail out last second. I think the Stormers initially backed Minnesota and then bailed on Minnesota for whatever reason and moved to San Diego. Um, so that's the only, as far as we're concerned, official backing by a, a professional team overseas. Mm-hmm. But, that's, that's not official, but it's certainly a rumor. It's the unofficial official or the official unofficial. I don't know what which one makes more sense, but um, that's the only uh, kind of more official one. But there are all the clubs seem to have some sort of a partnership with an overseas club, like a French or British club for the most part. But there hasn't been really any details shared, or there may have. I just completely forget because I haven't seen it in a while. But I'm not really sure what the partnership is yet. Well, if you guys remember earlier this year, Austin, the Austin Hunts 
and that was a partnership with um, Racing 92 out of mm-hmm. French top four team. So I, I assume that since the Huns are not going to, are not going to be playing in, in Major League Rugby, I guess that partnership now transitions into Austin Elite. At least I would get so because you get all you have all these Frenchmen working uh, for the Elite. Plus, you got um, uh, the uh, mean guy that the fly half that's, that you sign with the elite as well. I mean, I wouldn't make that assumption personally, uh, just because they are. I mean, Austin Hunt still exists, and as a uh, you know a club organization, I think they could definitely, especially their lower uh, sides, could really benefit from those professional. Uh, overseas experiences and relationships. So, Plus I, I wouldn't. Club. Yeah, but I would say that it does seem to be some strong connections there with French teams. So, I, I guess rather than saying it transitions to ARE, I would say the same people who are involved. A lot of the same people who are involved in in the Huns are also involved in ARE. So that would be my my take on that. Uh, Corey, I think you meant to say A-E-R. Yes, I, I, I'm sure I did. A-R-E is a word that means uh, R also. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what that is. Okay. I could have thought you were meant to say Austin Elite Rugby, but okay. I, I, that's what I was going for. Uh, my dyslexia uh, okay. is coming out a little bit. Sorry about that. Not a problem. Okay. So, Brie Guy's got one more. Uh, hold up. Hold up. Hold up, guys. Late breaking news here. We got another message from Grant. He says, this is not official, but I've been told that discussions with overseas professional teams and clubs are on the uh, DL ATM until after April 21st. Sable list. So ATM. What does that mean? Yeah, hey, Grant, can we get on the download? (laughs) On the the download download at the moment. The moment. That was a a bad joke. Thank you. Thank you for translating that. Um, so, but it may be the type of thing where at the start of the season we have some of those announcement com- announcements coming out. So that would be fantastic as well. Yeah. Only six days okay. the tax season's over. Yeah. Last question from Bree Guy twenty eight, and then we'll move on to somebody else. We've got a lot of questions this week. It's actually kind of nice. What will MLR do preseason to help teach the public? Just what the fuck rugby is. Corey, language. I know. He got a little aggressive there. Yeah. He actually used symbols there, but whatever. I mean, from I've seen the MLR um, Instagram page post different things like um, rugby lessons each week saying like what the different positions are and stuff like that. So that's the only thing I've seen that actually tries to tell people what the, you know, what the heck uh, rugby is. I'll I'll keep it a bit, a, a bit more PG than Corey. Our producers get you know really out there. So um, Ugh, yeah, but that's the only thing. Yeah, filth. Um, so <laughs> that's the only thing that um, I've seen. It's just like a picture. Like here are the props. They're usually the big guys, and they sit in the front. Uh, it doesn't say too much, but it just says like this is their position name, and they're big. But they can also run with the ball, you know, something like that. Um, but I don't know what else they would do beforehand. Um, but yeah, 
what I think they will do is, when, I guess, uh, during the preseason games and once the league officially starts, they will have their commentators explain the rules of the game uh, as it goes along, which is what they did when Pro Rugby started. Uh, they had, uh, for example, one of the guys saying, uh, "For those, if this is your first time watching a rugby game, uh, it has this many players, the scoring works like this, uh, this amount of time. Uh, the positions uh, correspond to the numbers and the backs of the, of, the, of the shirt or jersey. So I think they may do it in a way that is welcoming to newcomers, but also they don't they, they don't dumb down the commentary as much for those people that are already used to the rules. Yeah, that's, At least that's what I think. That's what people uh, biggest complaints I've ever heard about. Usually, like USA rugby matches for the most part, that the commentators would spend a lot of time kind of dumbing it down, like. The, the real rugby, or not the real rugby, the rugby fans that have been watching it and playing it for a while obviously know how this all works. So to hear a commentator talk about it, it's like, okay, it's like an NFL commentator saying like, okay, that guy with the ball, that's the quarterback, and he's going to take a couple steps back and then throw it forward. Like it's, you don't really want to hear that if you know the sport pretty well. So um, I would hope the commentators don't do that. I hope they find a way that doesn't just kind of turn off some of the current you know, rugby fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, they um, and they have to. Uh, do, I mean, not dumb it down, but they had to explain the rules for these newcomers. So I, I completely understand them doing that, mm-hmm. especially for like, people that don't know how uh, how things go. Like I said, we had a lot of questions this week, so I think we're going to go ahead and just skip ahead a little bit and uh, get to the last question of this section, so we can uh, send these good people uh, home for the night. So. Uh, we'll we'll pick these up next week, but uh, the last last question of the night came from Tovar the Gypsy, um, and he's a regular redditor over on our page. Uh, he, he contributes a lot. He's one of our moderators as well. He's a cool guy. Um, he may he it's possible he may be one of the hosts of the show. I don't know, but Tovar the Gypsy would like to know. You know what would be awesome? Go ahead, Tovar. Yeah, Dan, what would be awesome? Tell us. I I have no idea. I completely forget what that was referencing, but I did make that comment, and I did kind of add on to that, but that's now become a, a question of the week because it was a question. It was on the questions page, so I guess it got thrown in there somehow. It'll be you know awesome. what I think is awesome? It would be awesome if I actually knew what it was referencing so I wouldn't just sit here awkwardly rambling coherently. What I think awesome. would be awesome is if uh, Aaron would uh, stop gallivanting around the West Coast and actually come back to us next week. So it would be awesome. uh, let's hope that happens because, you know what? I'm gone next week. I'm skipping out on you guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody else is going to have to push uh, start and stop on the music at the beginning and end of the show. I'm not sure who I'm going to pass oh, that one off to yet. It's a lot of responsibility. Well, I took the uh, the run up or run down, whatever it's called. I took that from Aaron. That was a lot of work. I had to read and talk at the same time. Mm, that's right. Well, uh, we'll pass that to to Aaron, I guess, next week about the whole recording of the of the podcast. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> we uh, both just called not it, and Aaron can't really say anything about it because he's not here. It's true. Uh, my parting thought for the evening, I'm going to go ahead and just give one more bit of information out from uh, Grant. Uh, one of the last things he pointed out was um, 
he had mentioned earlier on that there was going to be uh, some international, some possible international relationships announced on April 21st, uh, 18. And then he just followed up by saying April 21st is an important date. So as much as tomorrow is an important date in the history of Major League Rugby, it's uh, uh, likely that April 21st will also be uh, a memorable moment. So yeah, just something to kind of look forward to as uh, we're pushing through the cold winter months up here, up north here, and uh, the sunny, beautiful months out in California where Aaron is, or the mild months where in, Grant's at. He's in Arizona. Oh, he's in Arizona right now? Yeah, it's just Wait, where he lives at? Death I can't keep track of him. So, anyway, uh, that's my par- parting thought for the uh, evening. Anybody else have any thoughts on the way out? So Dan, before I tell uh, mention mine, because I usually at the end of the of the of the show, uh, I'll let you get ahead of me, and then I'll mention my part at the end. So um, we are going to be doing uh, another line out. Line out being the um, the interview sections we do. It's usually just a one on one kind of deal. Um, Curry Hitchborn actually has agreed to to do one, and we've been going back and forth trying to actually set up some time. Thankfully, we didn't actually do that because. Um, we heard wind of what's going on tomorrow, so I'm going to have to actually change my questions now because based on whatever's going on, I may have to bring that up. Um, if it's as big as I think it is, then I'll have to ask a whole different set of questions. But Curry Hitchborn, who is the uh, director of rugby development for Seattle Seawolves, lives in Canada. He's a guy who wants to talk to us about stuff that's going on in Seattle, most likely to deal with Seattle Seawolves. But we'll see how the conversation goes. Sounds cool. So hopefully we're going to get that interview sometime uh, this week. So that way you guys can hear not only this episode, episode 12, but also the Linus interview. Okay, guys. so uh, as always, to mention my, my parting thoughts, obviously, thank you very much for listening to the Earful of Door Fancast. Um, keep in mind, subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, I, with the same name I mentioned, Earful of Door Fancast. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Of course, add our podcast to your feed through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FN, and of course, leave us a review, five stars, guess a shout out, and obviously a mention on the podcast. Also, call us and drop us a voicemail at our phone number, which is 1720-600-2679. And again, that's 1720-600-2679. Two six seven nine, and keep in mind that you could, of course, like Grant Cold, as you heard, and shout out obviously to Grant, can join us on our live stream through YouTube, which we're now having uh, from 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Now that uh, the changing time happened this past Sunday, and Arizona doesn't follow those laws, stays the same for Aaron, but at least Dan, Corey, and I get and an another hour sleep. So instead of being 12 a.m. all falling asleep, it's only about 11.30. So works for us. Okay, so with that, guys, we're going to see you next week. Corey, take us out. Connect with Earful of Dirt anytime. We're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679.
Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us. 